Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Here you go, Matt. Here you go, Danny. Afternoons on the score. Welcome back, Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Expecting a call from Boomer Esaias in any moment, or Joe Banner, or both. And then Hubarkish at 4 o'clock. I hadn't considered that possibility. (laughs) Boomer meet Joe, Joe meet Boomer. You probably know each other. Why don't you guys talk? I bet they do know each other. Right? How do you not? I feel like Boomer knows everybody. I think Boomer knows everybody. You you were saying before the show, I'm sure he knows Kevin Warren. They've probably dined out on occasion, sat next to each other at some charity event. Yeah. Right? And you then pointed out, well, Maryland's in the Big Ten. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Then he definitely knows. Which is easy to forget. It is easy to forget. That's coming up after 60 minutes this week. Boomer knows everybody. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a podcast that he gets paid for. Uh, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. They fly his co-host out to New York. You Speaking know? of uh, 60 Minutes, Speaks, did you watch the Rick Rubin 60 Minutes? No, I did not. Insane. It was insane yeah. because he's insane? Um, <sighs> well, you learn a lot about the fact that he knows nothing about music, and he's, he's doing these things based on his taste, he says. He, he can't come close to playing an instrument, can't run a soundboard, knows nothing about music, but these bands and these labels trust his taste. Well, that's kind of always been the way. That's interesting because he was... He, he was like the friend who had some money and some good taste at NYU with LL Cool J and with Russell Simmons. Just having right? that thing to know when two people or entities would sound good together. You yeah. Know I mean? Just that feeling, uh, that creative brain. It's like, oh, Shane, we can't host a four-hour show. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, know, but we yeah, know, but could, we know yeah. what a good one sounds like. You can do a segment. Yeah, 14 minutes. I thought, uh, I, Rick Rubin made Anderson Kenny? Cooper do two minutes of meditation before the interview started, like when they were I like rolling. That. I like yeah. that. You know, I thought Rick Rubin did his best work with Tony LaRusa when he had him unplugged. And really, like, had him looking back on his life and kind of playing acoustic. and You thought so? Yeah. He, he did those Johnny Cash records Thank that you. we had Thank such you. a good time I with. I get it. Yeah. I'm with you now. I knew you were. I got No, it took me a second to, to get there slowly. But I, I was wondering, since no one else had seen the segment, if that was, like, what Rick Rubin actually said or if that was like Shane's interpretation of what he said because we always have to put Shane through like a little bit of oh the Shane filter well because you dude that's not a knock like did Rick Rubin say he doesn't know anything about music yes really yeah I I haven't seen the full yet I've only seen the clips on TikTok I've seen like 10 10 60 second clips <laughs> it just it's right. the best way to consume the concert yeah, in my just, opinion i just i just really like well, the, i said the, the 10 of them rick, that's a lot that I, is a lot yeah. rick rubin saying he knows nothing about music strikes me as surprising he, he said that I and anderson you. cooper's like can you play an instrument he said no yeah. i can't run a soundboard either but these bands and labels trust my taste 
Wow. And I know what I like. Okay. And what he likes always turns out to be a banger. It seems to be pretty the, good. The Avid Brothers doc on Amazon Prime that, that, that he did with them, unbelievable. Well, and he's clearly someone that artists like to talk to and like to hang out with. If anybody saw the thing on Hulu with him and Paul McCartney listening to Beatles tracks together and dissecting the tracks together, it's truly great. Uh, absolutely great. So. Yeah. Well, and Mitch Rosen, Rick Rubin, just putting people together that have never performed together and figuring out. Look at us, making huh? Making radio gold. That's right. Or something. Do we know if it works yet? Spiegel and Parkins? Yeah. It did not work. Okay. Um, it, it, was de- it was decreed from on high that Spiegel and Parkins did not work. Parkins and Spiegel, though, yeah, I mean, is clearly, clearly hey a now. nominated worthy radio show. <laughs> Award nominated worthy. You need to hold nominated on to that. Worthy. Yeah. <laughs> you catch that one? Yeah. Just nominated worthy. You need worthy. to hold on to that nomination. It's, it's pretty good. It's it, pretty strong. I, I, yeah. I do. Where the hell's Boomer? <laughs> <laughs> He's coming. I texted both him and his assistant, and now they're ghosting me. They're probably hanging out with Trent Dilfer. Yeah, with all with Trent Dilfer. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to root against UAB for the next four to five years. Uh, me too. Yeah, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. You, you, yeah, you're rubbing off on me. <laughs> Vindictive. <laughs> yeah. It's 100% true. Uh, you, like, uh, it's, sometimes it's fun to have uh, harmless spite. Yes, harmless spite. Harmless spite. It doesn't uh, really harm anyone. God. We don't really impact UAB but, winning or losing at all. But it's, it's tough to figure out which spite is harmless and which stuff is harmful. Right. Well, I'm saying we if are. If you we, feel it, if you develop cancer, <laughs> well, we is that harmful then? That would be harmful. And you certainly, I'm just saying we're certainly not harming Trent Dilfer or UAB. No, that's If true. we root against it. We might be harming ourselves by... Holding on to spite, which is a negative emotion. That's the thing. Holding, holding <laughs> on to it. I've always gone with the Carrie Fisher quote, which is that resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like that, that has resonated with me throughout these many decades. But Next football season, should we do a fade UAB segment where we go over <laughs> their schedule and, and go over the line? I like that. I can't wait for Georgia to beat them by 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we should bring on Justin Fields to dissect Trent Dilfer's quarterback's play. That's a good idea. On UAB games. Yeah, a lot of possibilities. For anyone who's confused, Trent Dilfer was on with us. He was great. We thought we had something special. He got the UAB job, and he won't even return a text. Yep. Buckets? Um, oh. I just want him to tell me no. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just right. want a response. <laughs> yeah, it's like being ghosted in a dating situation. We were buddies for a little while. Yeah, he yeah, texted me during when he, when he was watching tape. And, like, Did he really? Yeah. There was a moment there. <laughs> I, I remember I had a week in there where like, you know, Trent and I really bonded today during that segment. I should ask for his number from Shane, and I'll reach out, and I bet we could develop a, you know. And now he won't just respond to any of us. Yeah, it's 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 hurtful. Yeah, uh, yeah someone, a buddy of mine suggested when the – the trip to Florida fell apart because of the Southwest Airlines debacle, uh-huh. but then Airbnb wouldn't give me the money back, and I ended up out a few thousand bucks, and we'll see if Southwest uh, is going to re- repay that or not. It's still in limbo. Wow. They, they were like, what you should do is you should get your buddies to all book that house in Florida and cancel at the last possible minute to get, <laughs> to get the full refund to stick it back to the house. Like, book it, you know, for nine, 12 months into the future, all the prime weekends, and then, oh, you have 72 hours to cancel with no explanation to get the full money back uh. and just cancel. And I was like, God, that is 
genius. Like it's it's not nice. Hmm. It's not nice in any way. And like you would think that if you believed in karma or a higher power, that that type of negativity would come back around. Yeah. But I did think about it. Of course you did. I I, I like, get it. Right, but I don't know. Do you get it? Like, or is that a bad thing? Is that a bad guy move? Um, because they did not refund the money when it wasn't our fault, and they just took money for doing nothing. They charged us for the cleaning fee, Speaks. Oh. They charged us for the, like. Look, the we same. had it cleaned, even though you're not showing. And uh, and the, <laughs> I think the cleaning fee is for like the next people. It's the one on the back end. But and, you, already, and you're not going to be doing anything to mess not, it up. We're not showing up. <laughs> <laughs> and charged us for the cleaning fee. Oh. And so I was like, God. That must. It, that, it, ma- it made me feel like this person deserves uh, my wrath. That hardcore policy must be to counteract some, some, uh, you know, some little um, catch in the rules that has burned them in the past, is my guess. Is that a bad guy move? 312-644-6767. I was like, we have Boomer? They were motioning. That's what I thought. I didn't motion the fence. I was like, I don't see him. I got excited about that. that, that, How how would you handle that? Because I, at this point, have not done that. But I I thought that maybe, just maybe, uh, it's not a terrible idea to get back at them. For uh, it's a lot of money. It's yeah. a lot of money. I like thirty five hundred bucks. Texture says it's brilliant and wonders if Shane's dad came up with that idea. It. I wouldn't put it past him <laughs> if he trusted an Airbnb. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it. It was it was a super inspiring idea, and I was like, "You have a evil, brilliant mind, mm. sir." And I don't know if I have it in me to do that, but I kind of think that I do, and that I want to. And by the way, the Airbnb cancellation process makes no sense. You can cancel with 72 hours notice and give them no notice. That feels unfair to the homeowner. It's ridiculous. Mm. If you cancel on a Wednesday for a Saturday, you're not going to be able to fill that thing. That it, You should have to give like a real documented reason if you can, it, cancel with that short notice. But if I cancel with six hours notice because... An airline shuts down mm-hmm. and I can't get there, and then you don't get any refund for that. I feel like that's unfair to to the renter. Mm. So I, if I was running the world, Speaks, I would revamp the whole system. Stop siding with big Airbnb. You've always been a big advocate for renters, though. Yeah, <laughs> Ever since I've known you. Yeah, I'm just saying. I feel like the system is is backwards. The 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 renters get screwed on on one end, and then the the people, the rentees, if you will. Uh, get screwed on the on the other end. Uh, it's a good idea. Yeah, textures are are of a mixed bag here. Um, that's a great idea. Go for it. Uh, give me the info and I'll book it for you. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's one without the cleaning fee. Bad guy move. Charging the cleaning fee. Absolutely not a bad guy move. <laughs> Go get your money. It's a good guy move. Go and do it. The person that wrote that rule is brilliant. Must have been the same guy that came up with the iPass. <laughs> says uh, says that person. Here's one. Book it for Boomer. But. The then don't answer the phone. <laughs> it's Caden Stillman. Boomer, Boomer's come through enough times that he's just getting a little flimsy in the postseason. Yeah, and, it happens. You know, it, it's been a shaky year for Boomer. I'm not going to lie. Oh wow! If I go through my text messages with his assistant Natalie, and I, I, there are more times than not that I have to text her and say, "Hey, no Boomer yet." Wow. Okay. Well, peeling back the curtain there a little bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with our evil texters. A lot of evil texters giving giving full support for the uh, for the suggestion. 
I would do that, and actually, I would give the info on the air and have all your listeners do it as no, well. No, I can't do that because, like that, like get, like that gets the company yeah, I can't in, do that. Yeah. Company gets involved with someone. I got in trouble for that in Kansas City early in in my career. Uh, a moving company. I think the statute of limitations on this has has passed. How many years? It was. This had to have been like twenty. Yeah, you're clear. Careful though, got that million dollar deal on the line. Twenty thirteen, something Wait, like that. Wait, did you get a million dollar deal? No, Joe Kelly, I did not. Thank you for asking. Uh a moving company broke my flat screen TV. And then they same thing, they wouldn't they wouldn't pay for it. Re, wouldn't pay for it. They it, they were like, we'll give you two hundred and fifty bucks. But this was like ten years ago. It was like the two thousand dollar TV. Was, you know what I mean? Um, because you had signed a waiver and it was there in the fine print. I guess right, exactly. So technically, but they were negligent with how they moved the TV. And I asked my boss if I could crush him on the air, and he said no. And their company name was like um, like. You know, a good day moving or something like that. Okay. And I went on the air and I was like, I'll tell you what, I did not have a good day moving. These I I can't I'm not gonna tell you about what happened with a good day moving, but it was not a good day moving and they broke and I told the story and whew, he was very, 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 very upset. And the the owner of the company got contacted oh, and it was a whole big to do. Oh. <laughs> 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 of course it was, Danny. And, and I really should have just taken his advice oh. and just gotten to and just licked my wounds privately Those and, bought, li- and bought a new TV. No. <laughs> but I was making like thirty-eight grand, and I really did, wanted someone else to pay for that TV. Oh, I, was ve- I was very upset. Those little minor moments of uh, of revolution. <laughs> yeah. Those little quiet moments of revolution. That I guess it wasn't too quiet. That I, was the problem. I, that's the thing. I was. I thought I was being so slick, but I guess my boss <laughs> was a little smarter than I gave him credit for. And whew, not only did I not get a new TV, I almost got fired. I had to write an apology. It yeah. was a whole big thing. I can't really I, talk about the times that I've done that because those are probably still active companies and yeah, advertisers. Yeah, yeah, no, this is very far into the past. Yeah. yeah. And I was like 24. I made a mistake. I made it, but it, 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 I got to say, it, it's a really humbling moment when you have to write a letter of apology to a company that broke your flat screen TV. <laughs> like, Listen, I'd like to apologize for you guys breaking my television. Yeah, that was a that was a tough moment. I'd like to apologize for the objectively terrible work that your company did that forced me to tell the truth. Yeah. Did oh. you write it in classic uh, passive aggressive style? I did my absolute best, man. I did my best. It was weird. That job, I I was asked to write two apology notes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give Mitch a lot of credit. Uh He doesn't like you. None yet. Yeah, none yet. I mean, I might have upset. 75% 75% of the teams in this town, but I do not. I've never been asked to apologize. Yeah, you've never written a letter? No, which is nice. If you do write an apology letter, I think you should print it on a really big piece of poster board <laughs> and take it to the game and just hold it up there. I bought a ticket with my own money. They let me in. <laughs> it's not my fault. not my fault. You got security. If you want to confiscate the sign, confiscate the or, sign. Or write an apology letter on the back of a T-shirt and bring it to the opposing team's locker room. You gave me a press pass. It's not my fault. <laughs> Your people put it on TV. That right. was an objectively bad move on your part, though. That's like 
you are way too media savvy to think that that would be acceptable. I was there too. I should have known it better. Was, you are way too media savvy yeah. to think well, that that would be acceptable. I, I should have advised young man talking about the media and their behavior at the Kevin yeah. Warren, and then you oh, go wait. to a locker room on a press pass. What the hell, and Danny? Huh. Hey. <laughs> Point of thumb, Why did you huh? ask Jordan Bell if he wanted to be the NFL commissioner? <laughs> that was a mistake. I'll, I'll admit I see why that upset members of the Bulls. Uh, I get it. I get it. I still think it was funny. And, I mean. I still have the T-shirt. I still have the T-shirt, too. Mm. We, should, we should wear it uh, tomorrow while they're in France playing a game. Yeah. Good. That is, uh, speaking of the media. Uh, no, I. anyone who went. Good job. That's great. <laughs> to France. I just, it just surprised me. Our radio crew is there. Swerska, as I mentioned. Oh, yeah, they go to road games. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I, I, it's just, it's been, it's a regular season road game for a bad team. I'm a little surprised. Oh, but it's exciting. It's an event. It's a thing. Yeah. They're Are you at- Paris shaming over there? <laughs> I Listen, I, as someone who's been a couple of times, Steph was like, this would be a great excuse to go to Paris. I'm like, I can think of like, a oh, thousand better reasons to go to Paris. Like you want to go? You don't go to regular season Bulls games with me when it's at the United Center, unless Coolio was playing halftime. Like you now, you want to go to Paris to go to an NBA game? Rest in peace, too. I know we By saw. Him. But Coolio's dead. Yeah, Coolio died. He died. But when yesterday? No, like a, no, a few, few months, months back. Ago. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah, mm-hmm. we saw. Not very Coolio. <laughs> Oh my God. People want their memory refreshed on some of this stuff. Um, when the Spiegel and Parkins show was a thing, yeah. um, we were furious that the Bulls did not even use a second-round draft pick. They instead sold it to Golden State Warriors for $3.5 million. Yeah. The Warriors took Jordan Bell out of Oregon, who seemed, at least briefly, like a solid NBA rotation guy that the Bulls could have used, and they didn't even bother to make a pick. That's right. In our theory, and certainly my theory at the time, was that they didn't have any other players that they liked left at the time there were other theories that i yeah i like the other theory of they pulled that money into the louise robert fund <laughs> right so and, shortly after, so, yeah. And, and, yeah. My, and my theory especially early on in this job was the new guy try to make a name get things out there right there's no advertising there's no billboards anymore in radio uh-huh. and the the animal house uh national lampoon theory stupid and futile gestures should be done on someone's part and we're just the guys to do it like that's why I th- it, it, it was free marketing for the show so we had yep. bulls jerseys made up with uh 3.5 million on the back had him printed up, took a press pass, went into the Warriors locker room. Draymond Green thought it was hilarious. He really did. Uh, great Chris <laughs> Hubble from Triple Threat Sports helped us make those uh, shirts. Yeah, Jordan Poole. I was like, oh, these guys are going to wear it. They'll wear it in mm-hmm. warm-ups, whatever. But it was still, I mean, we got it written up in USA Today. It went semi-viral. Uh, but, whew, they were not pleased. No, they were de- They were they deeply, were deeply unpleased. Twitch chat making a good point here, Danny. The last time you went to Paris, didn't you tell your younger sister, Amy, that if she wasn't born that uh, you'd get a, a taxi sooner? That was not the last time I was in Paris, but that was. Oh, yeah, I've been, I've been it was on the list. I've been, I've, been, I've been three times. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, that was actually the first time I was in Paris because they only would allow – they only had four-person cabs. And so my mom, right. my dad, me, and my middle sister, Megan – so we had to always get two cabs to go places much more difficult to right. transport around. And so I decided it was a good idea to tell my like eight-year-old sister at the time that, man, it would have been a lot cooler yeah. if you weren't 
born. Oh, God. Would, would have been a lot of easier. It was a bad Big Brother move. I was like 15. Eight years old. <laughs> As a father of an eight-year-old girl myself. That's insane. Oh, that is wild to me. I was 15. God. I, I, yeah. If I was big game time, I would have taken you behind that Eiffel Tower and smacked you around a little bit. <laughs> he was not happy. It's funny. He that was not the happy. problem with the Eiffel Tower, you take somebody behind it, and you can see him just like they well, were no, in front yeah, of exactly. it. Put him on display for all to see. <laughs> yeah. See right through it. That he picture of Swirsky happy. on Twitter yesterday in front of the Eiffel Tower. He was actually behind. <laughs> but he could I, see him just like he was in front. He never, he was never physical, but I, he, I vividly remember him like, oh, you thought I wanted to come all the way to Paris for you to make your little sister cry? <laughs> like, I'm like, it's an excellent point you're making, sir. Texture says that uh, that uh, jo- tell- that Jordan uh, Jordan Bell was going to be good, but then he got mushed by Danny no, Parkins. That's possible, and that's what happened. Guests should cancel more often. I'll just tell the most damning and revealing stories about my life over the course of time, and uh, you can see why I have a close, tight circle of friends, but a small circle of friends. I alienate <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, well, is is Joe Banner joining us? Yeah, we could break now. We'll talk to Joe Banner in about five minutes. That sounds great. Looking forward to that. Tanny, Former- what's your confidence level there? <laughs> well, we're texting right now. 100% confident in my guy, Shane. 100%. <laughs> oh, funny how your tune changes. <laughs> Compared to what? I don't know. Let's break and talk to Joe. When Banner. you teased earlier that I might smell because I only wash my jeans every 30 <laughs> times. Last thing. Joe Banner has been a president of NFL team. How do you work with football people and vice versa? Next on The Score. I came here to win championships, to win the NFC North to win the NFC, to win the Super Bowl, to help shepherd and lead a stadium development project, to embrace our alumni, to embrace our history and tradition, and to embrace the absolutely incredible Chicago Bear fans. That's the new president of the Chicago Bears, Kevin Warren, from yesterday. We'll talk to Hub Arkish in 30 minutes. Joining us now, a few people who know more about being the president of an NFL team than someone who was the president of an NFL team for a long time, former Eagles president Joe Banner with us, also was the CEO of the Browns and a front office consultant for the Falcons. Joe Banner with us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook. Joe, thank you for the time. How are you doing today? No, Good to be with you. Happy to have some time with you. Uh, we really appreciate it. First of all, I assume you you know Kevin Warren. Know Kevin well, consider him a friend, and think they made a good decision. Uh, why why should Bears fans be happy about the hire? Well, it's a combination of things. I mean, listen, I don't put as much weight on experience as some, but that doesn't mean I don't place value. So his experience between his recent two jobs is just outstanding. Uh, he's a good person with high integrity. He knows the business. I think he understands uh, what helps. NFL teams be successful versus those that aren't. Uh, obviously, the stadium uh, challenges that uh, he, he'll face, and I think he has the uh, not just the experience, but dealing with a very complicated, difficult situation they very effectively, and I think they ended up with a deal that was both reasonable to the public and reasonable to the team, and, and just a beautiful building. Uh, got a Super Bowl in it as part of the deal. So you know, I think as you look at this, different elements of what's likely to be the areas in which the president of the team actually impacts the organization, the facility, and most importantly, the fans, how they do. Uh, I think he's got a good track record, and he's he's smart enough to, to make a very positive impact, in my opinion. Now, 
I also really like Ted Phillips. So, you know, you can you can base how much weight you want to put in my opinion on that, but I think Ted generally is that it did a really good job running the team as well. See, that's the thing. A lot of us who are celebrating the hire and enjoying the hire are loving the newness of it because it is outside the organization, outside the McCaskey family, and outside of uh, of, of of Ted. Um, so, but you're kind of removing that part of it. Uh, what has been the perception of Bears ownership and infrastructure over the last few decades to you? Well, I think they thought of as a strong, quality run organization. I don't put them in the like most progressive you know, looking ahead, uh, creating the next new thing in the NFL, whether it's on the field or off the field. But that's a pretty small group of teams. Um, I think in terms of making good decisions on on operating, having a sensitivity and a passion and appreciation for the fans is something that, you know, my conversation with him, I always thought he was extremely strong in that area. You know, I think if you look at the other thing that a president does that's really crucial is hire and fire. I think he's done a good job there. Do I think he's the best in the league? No. Do I think he's done a job that no one else could match? No. But do I think he's done well? I do. Um, you know, and, and, you know, there are some values in, you know, steadiness. Now, I understand that, you know, steadiness, if you're not doing as well as you want, is bad. But um, the idea that you have predictability, and again, I'm talking now as I think about coaches, as I think about agents that are working with an organization, They've got a prospective coach deciding whether it's a place they want to go or not. Um, kind of knowing what to expect and an organization having a particular culture, um, I generally think of as being an asset. So, you know, those those are, you know, we did put together a stadium deal, which people need to understand is is not easy. And, listen, I like the stadium. I understand for a variety of reasons they may be looking to do something new, and I understand that. Um, but I thought they did a real good job there. And I know coming to the building as a, as an opponent – uh, both liked the building and, you know, worried about, you know, the fact that they went a little bit smaller and tighter made it a very difficult environment for the visiting team. Joe Banner is our guest from 33rd team. He was the president of the Eagles from 95 to 2012. In what ways will Kevin Warren help the Bears win more football games? Well, I think, again, he's he's going to hire – listen, for me, when I used to interview people as president of the Eagles, I would start the interview by saying, listen – I want you to know how seriously I'm taking this because I literally consider the most important thing I do is get to decide who works here and who doesn't. Because I could do my job great, but it's such a small piece of what really matters. And if I don't hire really good people, we are not going to achieve our goals. So I view Kevin as somebody that has a track record of doing a good job in hiring, and I think that's the single most important thing you do. If you're in a situation where you need a stadium, then that's the second most important thing you do. That's the foundation of the team. It affects the perceptions of the franchise. It affects how desirable a place it is to come to work. And it does help you. It's not the difference maker, but it does help you in recruiting players and being perceived as a place that an organization that people want to be part of. So I could go down a long list, but for me, the two most important things are things that I think he's already demonstrated that he's good at, and there's no reason to think he won't continue to be good at it in a new, in a new position but it's just with a different team. It's really a very similar job to what he's done. As a team president, um, were you ever involved in football conversations that where, where, where you had input on, on things? And is that right for a team president to be involved in those things? Well, I guess the answer is it depends. 
Um, at the time that I was running the Eagles, I was the only team president that had both the football operation and the business operation reporting to him. So I was involved in personnel decisions intimately with kind of Andy Reid and I being kind of key partners for 14 years. I was the lead person in the organization at anything to do cap or trade related in terms of whether it was ideas, negotiating deals, so on and so forth. Obviously, again, in collaboration with other people. Um, you know, but that was a situation where it was judged by the people there and the owner and the head coach in particular that I had a skill set that could make us better in those areas. Um, I led the efforts in our coach hirings. Fortunately, we didn't do many because I was there 18 years and four were Ray Rhodes and 14 were Andy Reid. So we had longevity and continuity uh, once we got to Andy. But in both of those searches, one I think did decently and one exceptionally well. Um, you know, I led the uh, putting together the list, the organizing of the interviews and frankly, developing the criteria of what were the things we were going to look for in this coach. I led all of those efforts as well. So I think it depends. I think Kevin's background says that to not include him at all would be the mistake. You have to work with him on an everyday basis and actually hear what he's thinking and doing to just define exactly where that line stops and where it starts. Uh, but I would go into it with, in his case, with an open mind to the fact that he could contribute on in those areas as well. Uh, did you ever, and I wonder if he will ever, uh, say, you know what, this is actually something you should decide on yourself. It's uh, something outside of my purview, just barely. Did you ever make that kind of decision? Well, I'd say it a little differently, and it was really how we operated. There were plenty of times where I said, listen, I don't have a strong conviction about this. Um, you guys should really drive this. And we had the opposite. I mean, people think of Andy Reid as a very controlling kind of in charge guy, and he is a strong leader, but he was a collaborator. So there were times Andy Reid was the one who would say, listen, you know, there could be four people in the room having a debate. So listen, you guys have a really strong conviction about what, what direction we should head. Mine is different, but, you know, just like everybody in the room, I've made mistakes. So if you guys all feel the same way, you feel that strongly about something, let's just go you know, with how you think we should do it. And we had that environment that I certainly had, you know, my fair share of times where I was the one saying, you know, listen, here's my thoughts, but you guys know this area better, or you guys have a stronger opinion or whatever, you know, let's go in whatever direction you think is best. And well-run organizations, that should be common. Joe Banner is our guest, former president of the Eagles. He's with us on behalf of 33rd team. What, um, because it's a big off season, Joe, right? The Bears have Justin Fields. They've got $120 million in cap space. They have the number one pick. And now they've got a new president uh, in Kevin Warren who officially doesn't start until April. Uh, has to figure out a new stadium, but says he kind of already feels like he's started now. Uh, he says that Arlington Park is top priority, but they've got all these pressing football needs. How do you think the, the delineation of labor is going to go here? Well, I think he's, gonna, he's got a team in place that was brought in to figure those things out. I think he'd be smart to include himself and engage, uh, but also respect the fact that kind of the process, the philosophy, you know, their jobs are, are kind of set. Their job descriptions kind of where's the line of what each one is expected to do. Even the labor division between the two of them has been set. So I would encourage him to kind of weigh in slowly, um, but also where he saw things that he really thought you know, weren't being done the best way or the thinking wasn't the smartest 
or even just asked a lot of tough questions to make sure all the research that needs to be done, every angle that could be thought of was at least considered. Uh, I think he can play a role like that. I'm not sure I'd charge right in and start trying to make decisions or um, change the philosophy and the job descriptions that have been established. I don't think that would be fair to the people that are there and not necessarily the best use of his time initially. You know, I, 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 ideally, I, w- I would think that Ryan Poles could say, you know what, there's some stuff that I've been dealing with as GM that is kind of a drain on my time. Is this stuff that you could do or hire somebody to do? Uh, because there's probably things you could take off of the plate of the football evaluator. Yeah, listen, I've actually been fairly public in saying this for – I was uh, I thought Ryan Pace would do a good job when I hired him. I don't mean this to disparage anybody, but I changed my mind when he stopped using Cliff Stein as his cap guy and lead contract guy. I literally think Cliff is the best at that job in the in the entire league. And I say that for two reasons, but the main one is it's extremely difficult to negotiate with the same agents over and over and still maintain a positive trust and relationship with them and to really understand the cap and how to take advantage of it when you want to and kind of let back sit, sit back and let things kind of play out when you need to. You know, I thought Cliff did an exceptional job of that. So I guess you're asking me a Kevin Warren question, but I'm adding Cliff's name to the answer to the question. And there are things like that that Kevin knows really well and, uh, you know, may have philosophies about that could actually make them better. And he should be engaged in those conversations. I just think he should walk – um, not slowly, but not full speed ahead, you know, from day one, especially with two guys that are established and were hired with an expectation as to exactly what they would do and what they wouldn't do. Um, but he's president of the team, so he should know everything that's going on, and he should have a perspective and where he thinks he should make a difference. He should at least have a voice. That's different than saying he should make the decision, but he should at least be a part of the conversation. Listen, I worked in Philadelphia. The most important thing Jeff Lurie did as the owner was he was constantly drilling us with questions that made us better. I mean, we there was no chance we weren't going to have a thorough process because we knew he was going to come in with a bunch of tough questions, and if we weren't prepared, you know, we were going to look, you know, we were going to look like jerks, frankly. <laughs> so that set the bar, and that was a very important role. Without any of us thinking he was interfering, we actually thought he was making us better. So, you know, I assumed part of that role there, but Jeff led that. Kevin Warren could be very valuable in an area like that. Um, And fairly quickly, you need somebody who's challenging your thinking. Even if they're not disagreeing with you, they're forcing you to be really thorough and think through everything that could possibly need to be figured out. You know, Joe, what's interesting, I I wonder how many NFL fan bases really think about the president of the team. Um, Like in New England, would people be surprised to know that it's Kraft's kid? or in Pittsburgh that it's a Rooney, or in Indy that it's an Ursay, or in Kansas City that it's a guy named Mark Donovan who you obviously uh, you know, know and mentored. I just uh, It feels to me like the impact on wins and losses is much more like a Ryan Poles, Justin Fields, Matt Eberflus question than a Kevin Warren question. Is that, is that the wrong read on the situation? No, you're right in uh, overwhelming the number of situations. Obviously, if the president of the team's involved in football decisions, then to the extent he's involved, he has some impact and the public should you know, have some sense of that. But I think last time I looked, which was probably a couple of years ago, I think it was literally half, 16 of the 32 teams, the president was the son of the owner. So, you know, there's not 32 of these. They say, well, there's only 32 coaching jobs. Really, it's so valuable that I can't say no. 
But when you get to team president, there's really only maybe it's 18 now or 14. I don't know. But at one point recently, it was 16. There's only 16 of these jobs available in the world. So if it's somebody that has reason to be included in some of the football decisions, then maybe it's somebody you should pay a little closer attention to. But that's a pretty small percentage of the league. So I agree with your point overwhelmingly. You know, the thing is, we've uh, if you trace the history of the Hallis and McCaskey family, they've looked for a family member who was good at this. They've spent a lot of time mm-hmm. looking, Joe. And, and some say that Muggs was going to be great at it, but then passed away early. Michael did the job and then got kind of embarrassed and moved around. George has tried. So sometimes there's not a family member available, it seems. Well, that's absolutely true, and there are family members running teams that shouldn't be, and if they can acknowledge that, work through the family dynamics to get the right people in the right position, you know, maybe you could say it took too long, but I at least applaud that they got there, because most of the teams don't ever get there. That person has tenure effectively, and good, bad, or indifferent, that's who's going to be in that job. And so then one another theory that I've floated here, uh, Joe, and tell me if I'm uh, if I'm... Hot or cold, I guess. Um, the Bears stadium renovation was not popular. Um, but it seems to me, because there's you know a general fund and the NFL needs to vote and approve on all of this stuff, there's an approved list of contractors and all that. Like Atlanta, San Francisco, L.A., Vegas, uh, U.S. Bank, with, which Kevin Warren did in Minneapolis, Dallas, AT&T. Feels like all the new stadiums at this point work, and the NFL has gotten it to a point where it's too big to fail. I I am not terribly concerned that they are going to mess up the new Bears stadium. Does the NFL have so much oversight on this that it's basically impossible to mess this up at this point? Actually, the NFL has <clears throat> only a couple of spots in which they can actually make a difference. Now that doesn't mean they don't ever have an opinion or weigh in, although it's less than people think. Uh, they try to respect. The league is very aggressive and engaged in anything that's considered a league issue. Things that are considered team issues, local issues, especially as they relate to the makeup of the teams and stuff like that, they try to keep their hands up as much as they can because, frankly, they get a very aggressive pushback from teams that believe they're perfectly capable of running their own business. But they do approve things like some of the financing. I mean, they approve the financing that comes out of the league and the other teams, and they approve the overall financing structure of the deal. Um, and they do, when they do that, they do get access to things like the plans for the stadium and so on and so forth. So there is a little bit of oversight there, but I think you're right. I mean, I have stadiums that I like better than others, but I'm hard pressed to think of a new stadium that I went into. and didn't think this was really neat and cool. And what a great place for a fan to experience a game from, you know, the, the seats are all closer. The buildings are tighter the escalation of the quality of things like concessions, you know, they still struggle with things like lines, but the quality and the variety. I mean, it used to be like there were two concession companies that bid against each other and, you know, one of them won and the quality of the food wasn't great. and The prices were terrible. Now, at least there's a bunch of teams that brought in like local restaurants and consultants and things that, and really enhance the experience. So I think you'll see that in whatever it is that the Bears do next. It's a lot of a lot of really good experience that was helpful for us, Joe. Thanks so much. Thank you, Joe. My pleasure. Good to be with you guys. Enjoy.
It's Joe Banner, 33rd team, former president of the Eagles, also has experience high up in the front office of the Atlanta Falcons and Cleveland Browns. Yeah, also worked at 1210 WCAU Radio in Philadelphia a long, long time ago. But, you know, it's for another time. Some of that may be in the weeds for some people, but I thought really interesting and kind of thought-provoking. We can react to it for a few minutes before Hub Arkus joins us at 4 on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show, afternoons on the score. We'll talk to Hub Arkish at 4 o'clock, get his thoughts on uh, the playoffs and Kevin Warren and where the Bears are at. Then we got a bunch of crack slippers that'll be fun and should produce a lot of laughs last 90 minutes or so of the show. Speaks at Cubs convention, Shane having bourbon with Pedro Grafal and a lot more. But what jumped out to you from uh, Joe Banner? You know, um, it was the detail of how Ryan Pace, all of a sudden, when he got rid of Cliff Stein, is having to deal with all of the cap things and negotiate those contracts with the agents over and over again. And how if that has been... You know, uh, if things like that are issues for Ryan Poles or how they can be issues for Ryan Poles, handing some of that off to a team president, especially a guy like Warren, who has negotiated as an agent way back in the day and then as a team official and and that kind of thing, that, that, that can lighten the load on a guy that we want to be watching film and discussing stuff. We love that he's a scout and that he knows linemen. Okay, then help choose some linemen. Don't just let your scouts do that while you negotiate contracts and deals. Yeah, I think that, you know, I thought that what Banner was saying about, um, it's interesting to hear a guy who was a team president, because on Twitter sometimes he has football takes. Sure. uh, But agree with my theory that the team president doesn't really have a big impact on wins and losses in the overwhelming majority of the cases. But but he also said that he was involved in all those football conversations with Andy Reid, that there was no GM. Yeah. It was him and Andy Reid. But so, but so, right, exactly. So he would say that he was in the smaller percentage of, of the pie, and there are people who don't have the job but don't deserve it, but he thinks that Kevin could be an asset yeah. for those football things. So maybe this is the situation where we gave Ted Phillips – too much credit and power, but now there is someone there who will have some actual influence in a positive way. I don't I don't know. It's going to be interesting to to see it play out. I certainly, like I said, I don't think it's going to play out over decades, but uh, sets him up for, for better, and he's a new voice and an outside voice. Um, that will be positive. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's not just the fact that half of the team presidents – are the son of the owner, right? Right, or the daughter of the owner? Um, he eventually said, "Yeah, a lot of those should not be having the job, yeah. frankly." And so here are the McCaskies getting out of their own way. And you could, of course, argue that they did so with Ted, but Ted had his own issues. Here, they are really getting out of their own way in terms of a hire. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, it's certainly a new day at House Hall. Someone who knows the inner workings of House Hall in the history, in the past, and Ted Phillips. Not many people in the media, if any, frankly, uh, more than our next guest. Habarkish, fascinated to think, uh, to see how he feels like he can put this into historical context uh, for the Bears and what he thinks it means going forward. And I'm sure he watched all the playoff games from over the weekend. So always a treat to be able to talk to Habarkish. He joins us next on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.